0: Welcome back to the Rod the Podcast. I'm excited to announce our second guest is making their appearance on the podcast. I would like everyone to uh, welcome Jordan Betts to the podcast.
1: Hey, Jordan, how fans? you doing? Um, it, it, it's, it's been a minute. Um, you know, it's been so long that I, I do feel like a guest at this point. I'm no longer your your host. Um, that'll be my moniker in future episodes. I think Michael let me get that title back, but for now... I'm a special guest next week. I will once again be your co-host. Um, yep. That's my punishment for uh, missing about <laughs> what seven straight weeks of recording. <laughs> uh,
0: you're always the co-host in my heart, Jordan. Don't worry.
1: Thanks, buddy. Um, well, it's great to be back. I, I've missed doing this wild times with with work and, and traveling all over the place. Um, yep. You know, thankfully. Duke basketball, off to a great start and uh, really exciting times. Uh, Although Coach Cutcliffe was great at Duke, I'm really excited for the Mike Elko era. Uh, So that's what's been keeping me preoccupied. Uh, But let's talk some Canes hockey.
0: Let's get to it. So obviously the hot topic right now, COVID-19, it's really hit the Canes hard here recently. We've got a, a large list of players that have either had it and are out of protocol or are currently positive and in protocol, starting with Bear, Pesci, and D'Angelo all clearing protocol now. And then Lawrence, Stahl, Cole, Jarvis, Aho, and Svechnikov all went over or went into, excuse me, protocol. Aho and Jarvis entering on the 12th of this month and Lawrence, Stahl, Cole, and Svetch entering on the 14th.
1: You know, obviously the... Minnesota game was postponed. As of now, it appears they are going to play tomorrow night versus Detroit. Uh, an unfortunate situation for the team uh, after, you know, really a, a great four-game win streak following a, a bit of a, a rough patch, uh, obviously before losing in Vancouver. In Vancouver, um, But then for COVID to hit, Ajo goes down late scratch and then followed by four more teammates uh, after that game. Really tough situation for the team. Uh, I think on a human level, you wish nothing but the best for these guys. I I know uh, we've all lived through this pandemic and it's been been tough for everyone. I think the good news is they're all vaccinated. Um, Every single one of them is reportedly asymptomatic or uh, only has mild symptoms and that's Aho. Um, They're gonna be fine. These are well-conditioned athletes getting great care. Uh, We wish them nothing but a speedy recovery. I don't think this is a reason to panic, you know, other than, hey, what's that lineup going to look like tomorrow versus Detroit? Uh, Obviously down uh, a number of forwards uh, plus Ian Cole on the back end. Um, We're going to be okay. They'll get through this in the next, you know, 10 days to two weeks. Hopefully we'll all uh, have no symptoms and get positive or negative tests soon. Uh, Mike, what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, obviously, we want the players to be healthy, right? And the good point that you brought up is that most of them are asymptomatic, and that's good news, and that's a sign of vaccinations and boosters doing their job. Um, So on the health side, you don't want to see it, but you're happy to know that players aren't at least suffering, right? So with that being said, there's a lot of players out. The NHL announced we're playing tomorrow. And you look at lines and the cap situation and all of that. I don't know what our ability to recall will be, so it's it's kind of scary when you sit here and you look at it from a competitive standpoint, like what right. the lines could be.
1: And, and I know we we talked about the lines uh, a little bit before we got on here, and I, I kind of want you to you know tell the listeners what we kind of came up with, really what you came up with, and I I thought it made a lot of sense, but. Before we get into what the lines will look like versus Detroit tomorrow, I think more, uh, you know, at a macro level, should we even debate? Like, the NHL, with all these positive tests around the league, has to be considering taxi squads, right? I mean, it it is just getting ridiculous at this point. I I know you mentioned the precedent was set earlier in the year where the Islanders were unable to to use a practice squad uh, and didn't get games canceled. And now, you know, we're seeing games get postponed all across the league. Is that something you think the league should consider?
0: Absolutely, something they con- should consider. Do I think they will? Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. They've seemed to like really foot put their foot down on the whole COVID situation. I mean, players that get COVID aren't aren't being paid for games missed. Like they they're very firm on if you get it, it's on you kind of thing. So I don't know. And just based on their positioning on postponing games, like. You would think that when a team has six players go out with COVID in a short period of time with little ability to recall that you would think, well, this is a massive competitive disadvantage. But the NHL has put all of the burden on each individual franchise. So I don't know. I don't I don't see it happening until it becomes worse than it is now and who knows how much worse it has to get for them to even consider it i obviously think it's a home run idea to do it but who knows
1: you know you don't think it'd be common sense and to the league's credit over the past two years 18 months uh however long it's been since march of 2020 they have shown the ability to be more fluid and dynamic in their decision making maybe than they have been previously because this is a pretty Uh, archaic league in a lot of ways. Um, I think that, you know, a taxi squad is is a slam dunk. As of now, it seems very arbitrary when they decide to postpone games, what constitutes an outbreak, what constitutes uh, basically a situation where a team can't compete from a competitive uh, advantage or disadvantage standpoint. There's just really no concrete rules. And, you know, I was listening to 32 thoughts uh, with Elliot Friedman and uh, Jeff Merrick, and it was just basically they were saying the same thing, and those those two guys are about as tapped in as anyone. It's like the league is trying to determine on the fly what constitutes a quote-unquote outbreak. Well, it's very clear that Carolina is experiencing one of those outbreak scenarios right now, which is why they were postponed on Tuesday versus Minnesota, but I've never heard of such a quick turnaround time throughout this entire pandemic to where a team would turn around and play two days later after having a game postponed. Um, Like, like we talked about that those guys are predominantly asymptomatic and and vaccinated, which is great and they will be okay. But how's the team supposed to, to ice the lineup that, you know, doesn't have 18 NHL skaters.
0: Yeah. So, and they went into more depth on the podcast, right. And the whole idea of, there is no number. There is no number that of players out that constitutes a postponement. Like there's nothing. It's all gray area, and the NHL loves to operate in gray area because they can do what they want for every individual circumstance. It's a. It's in my sense uh, almost an abuse of power because there is no. There is no continuity in my opinion, and I get I get where they're coming from. It's tough. It's tough though, because your product is worse, right? You could potentially make decisions that have playoff implications based on something that, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know what you want the players to do. If, if we want, if you're going to ask guys who have gotten vaccinated to go and quarantine again, when they're healthy and not have contact with anyone at any point, if that's the solution, that's, that's a tough reality that nobody wants to live in, right? So you're you're it's tough. when everyone has abided by the rules that you provided minus maybe one player who we don't care about. Um, it's it's tough to be punished when you're doing what you can. As Rod Bren Moore stated in his interview, it's they've followed all the rules. they've they've done what they can, and it is what it is. They can't do. They can't be doing more until you get to the point where you're talking about literally quarantining to avoid this happening,
1: right? And, and that's just not realistic at this point. Um, you know, with vaccines and guys, you know, the vast majority of them being asymptomatic, I don't think a, a bubble is is an alternative. The league obviously needs revenues, and it's a ticket-driven league, so they don't want to cancel games if they can avoid it. Currently, there's been no cancellations. It's all been postponements. Um, I I think this is something we're just kind of the battle, you know, throughout the the cold weather months. Um, As we've seen, this is a bit of a a seasonal virus. So, in one sense, I understand that that Gary Bettman and the league uh, like the autonomy and opaqueness of not having hard and fast guidelines, which I think in some situations is beneficial, I I think, as fans – um, and certainly the teams feel that maybe a little bit trans- more transparency would be beneficial. Um, but the league's goal is to just get to the finish line and hopefully have every team play 82 games. Um, they don't really care. It, you know, they're not going to punish you uh, quote unquote uh, because we follow the rules and all the players are, are vaccinated, but uh, they're also not going to do you any favors because uh, they're going to make sure those 82 games are played. Something we're working through um, adds a, interesting element to the season. Uh, but we'll, we'll see how it's going. Fortunately, the, the Canes have kind of given themselves a little bit of a, a cushion with the um, great start, obviously second place in the measure right now, but with the league's best win percentage, um, a lot, lot of positive things going on.
0: Absolutely. And, like, with the current trajectory of COVID and everything going on and postponements happening and there's bound to be more postponements in the future, When you look at the Olympics and you look at the requirements for if you test positive in China, what do do you think will happen with NHL players going to China?
1: You know, the the league was obviously uneasy about going uh, even pre-pandemic. The league does not want the Olympics, does not like having the multi-week break right in the middle of the season. And potentially having star players get injured uh, in non-NHL contests, there, there's no way to compensate the the franchises, and so it's really a, a net loss for the order, for the league. I disagree with that perspective uh, in the way that I think it's great to market the game around the world. Now, to to get back on track after that brief tangent, they made the concession in the CBA because the players really wanted to go. Now with uh, the, the spike in, in COVID cases across the league, and as you mentioned before we start recording, the, the two to five week um, quarantine period—if you test positive when you're in China um, for the Olympics—there's almost no way the league goes. And if you're a player, even if you know this is your last opportunity to play in the Olympics, is your first opportunity to play in the Olympics. It's just not realistic. And you know, say you're. Team Canada and the night before the gold medal game, you test positive, obviously hockey NHL hockey games start uh, soon after that gold medal game. And you're tested positive. You are stuck in, you know, Asia all the way around the globe. um, For minimum of two weeks and up to, you know, five weeks, you know, what if you're stuck there for a month? I mean, what NHL team is going to be okay with that? And, And as a, as a person, being quarantined over there at a human level is not near the treatment that you would get over here, access to resources, quality of life. It's a total loss. And although guys have the passion to be there, I think as soon as one guy got stuck in that situation, there would be instantaneous regret.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It's a unfortunate situation for multiple reasons. Obviously you want – the players to have the opportunity to compete for their country in the Olympics. Um, it's tough. I think that more, I think, I don't know if I could say more players than not, but I would think that it would be close to half of the guys eligible to even go are probably not going to want to go. And that's just, I wouldn't personally want to go that even with the opportunity to represent my country. And that like that's one of the highest honors that an athlete can receive. and. That's how you know how bad it is because to turn that down, that's tough. And you know that a, a, a large percentage, and I don't I don't know, we'll just have to see what happens, but you have to think that a large number of them are not going to want to go. And that's unfortunate because you look at yeah. what China has done for the NBA, right, and their market. Um, China's a huge market. If you can get hockey going in China, uh, you look at what it did for the NBA, it, it could have the same effect for the NHL having NHL guys over there competing in the Olympics could only help grow that market. So it's on unfun- It's unfortunate top down. So, uh, it is what it is. Yeah,
1: it is. It, you know, it, it would be very hard to turn down the opportunity to represent your country. And I, I know when I was hearing about these discussions, uh, during the CBA and even earlier this season, I was like, heck yeah, like I'm going. If I have that opportunity, that's awesome. you got to do it. There's so much pride in doing it. But with the stipulations that we've learned regarding quarantines over there and with just this, the spiking cases, which is common in the, in the winter months, it, it becomes less and less plausible every day. And to a man, I'm sure, although they won't admit it publicly if you, you want to go, you know, if you're one of those players that still wants to go, uh, you have to know that this maybe isn't the best idea for you, your career, or your NHL team.
0: Yep, I agree. I agree. Let's hop into uh, to upcoming games, and let's talk about the lineup a little bit because starting with tomorrow's game against Detroit, the Canes have seven games between now and the end of the year. Um, when you talk about Ajo and Jarvis, the earliest I believe that they can be out of protocol is the 22nd, and it may be later than that. And for the the rest of the group, Lawrence, Stahl, Cole, and Svetch, I believe the earliest that they can be out is the 24th, based on the 10-day metric, and I'm um, the... The area's a little gray there as well, so I don't know if those <laughs> you mean are definitive they dates a
1: little gray, <laughs>
0: yeah, so I don't know if those are definitive dates, but you're pretty much guaranteed to have no Ajo and Jarvis for a minimum of four of those games. And just based on the concern of flying them back for the holidays, I would think that they're likely out up till the holidays, which is five of the games. And then that the same for Lawrence Stahl, Cole, and Svetch. You may be missing all six of those players for a minimum of your next five games. Yeah. And that puts your lineup into a very – Right
1: now, it really sounds like it. And obviously, impact players throughout that group, um, it's like it went through the defense and now it's going through the forwards. Um, I I would think the first time we would see many of these guys will be the 27th versus Florida, and that's if they clear protocols as quickly as possible. Um, Obviously going to be dramatically different, but we teased this earlier in the show – uh Mike, kinda give us what you think the lines could tentatively tentatively look like uh tomorrow night versus Troy.
0: Yeah, so we'll we'll start we'll start off with the forwards and you've got Trocheck as your healthy number one center. Aho and Stahl are both out, so he automatically would assume that role of number one center. Um Turbo and Nino are both healthy, so it's most likely that we'll see a lineup somewhat akin to that, I would think it would be Nino, Trocheck, Turbo. Um, the the second line is where it starts to get interesting. Do we see any Natchez at center this year? Now would be a time. I was going to ask time.
1: if we saw uh, any Turbo at center this year.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, Came it's over a possibility. From Chicago
1: as a, as a natural center has obviously never really played it here in Carolina. Yeah. It seems like he's a winger only at this point, but does have that in the bag, doesn't have the uh, you know ability to play center. I think you're right, it's more likely Natchez and obviously Kakeniemi, and, and I'm going to guess yep. Stepan will be the other
0: two? Yep, so I would think that the second line, I w- I'm going to go ahead and say it's going to be Kakeniemi. I think that's most likely what will happen with Natchez on his wing and Fost on the opposite wing, and then that leaves you with Stepan as your third-line center. This is where things get interesting. I don't know if Martin Nook is healthy, I think if he is healthy, he'll slot in with Stepan, and then I would project that there's a good chance that Smith ends up playing some forward just based on how depleted the forwards are right now, Um, depending on our ability to call up. I know we had called up Podorowski and then sent him back down to Chicago. I'm assuming he'll be pulled up again tomorrow, and I'm thinking it's probably cap-related that they had sent him back down to Chicago. And I would think he'll be your extra forward. Um, and beyond that, I don't believe there's any opportunity to pull up from there. And when you look yeah, at that, it's, 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 it's very kind of in a blind with uh, yep.
1: with the cap. Um it's not the uh, the most potent lineup. Um, I know we've been critical at times of uh, even though he's our guy, we've been a little critical at times at Rod for you know the quote unquote blendomatic of lines and kind of overslotting and or underslotting certain players. However, if there was ever a time to throw it in the blender, this is it. I mean, yeah. really, just just throw everything against the wall uh, and hope you can find a little bit of offense because. Uh, This is obviously going to be a shell of itself. You're you're not only missing your your two top forwards offensively, but Jordan Stahl, one of the game's best two-way forwards. It's going to be interesting. I I think the one saving grace is the upcoming schedule, those five games that we referenced, they're they're not the most daunting. Um, You know, Detroit's played better than anticipated this year, but, I still don't think that's a team that, that strikes fear into your hearts by any means. Uh, the Kings playing better this year, but still in the first, you know, I, I'd say the rebuild's kind of over, but then kind of the first year of trying to build something. Uh Nashville uh, seems to be stuck in neutral. Uh Boston's having a down year and, and, and a really bad Ottawa team, who Carolina did lose to um, earlier this uh, month uh, at home, but those five games are manageable, but I, I I'd imagine the uh, the Matic will be running on high.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, games. and the the thing that would concern me is that if you're not able to roster eighteen skaters for all these games, you have three games in four days starting tomorrow, and and by tomorrow I mean the sixteenth, um, and that's that's you're asking for a lot. Slavin's been playing thirty minutes a night lately. Regularly, um, now you're going to be asking forwards to skate at a much higher rate than they normally do, and you're also asking them to play a lot of games in a short period of time. Um, that is my Mike, main we're, concern. We're, we're,
1: well, well, let me. You you made a great point that I didn't think about talking about playing ice time. Does his usage right now give you? Hey, he's a well-conditioned guy, you know, superb athlete, great defender. This is usage right now, basically playing 30 minutes a night for the past week plus. Does that worry you in April and into the playoffs? I mean, that it's almost like you see a pitcher break down throughout the year. And although sure. he's, quote, unquote, got his stuff right now, you know, he's throwing 100 miles an hour to use a baseball metaphor, you know, could you see the the velocity tick down? Could you see Slavin's, you know, foot quickness and just, when you get fatigued, you get out of position a little bit more. And he thinks the game so well, so he can augment that. But you got to be a little bit concerned, right? I mean, this, this you can't just ride a guy this hard this early in the year and expect him to be the same five months from now.
0: Well, so I have a few thoughts on, on that. Um, one, if there is the Olympic break, regardless of players going or not, you would hope that would be used as recovery. Hopefully, Slavin wouldn't be going in that instance. Um, because he would need the rest. That would be even scarier. I didn't think about if that, he but that was
1: just me assuming he would go if they did go. Uh,
0: sure, yeah. And
1: but that you know, that's basically the that you know, whole month of February off. You know, it it's sure. the first through the twenty fourth. So that's that's a great point.
0: Yeah, it would be very scary to me if Slavin played thirty minutes at night for the next month and a half or we'll call it a cumulative month and a half, and then basically bled right into the Olympics, which then led right back into an onslaught of games. That would be scary. I will say this. It's not totally out there to play your number one defenseman 30 minutes. Uh, You don't want to do it every night, and hopefully now that we're back to a healthier defensive lineup, that won't be the case. Um, I wouldn't want to see that. 82 games a year, I don't mind seeing it 20 games, 15 games. But uh, the the more where he gets, and if you tack on a deep Olympic run with Team USA, that would I would start to be a little concerned about what his legs will be like come round one of the playoffs.
1: Right. Okay. I just was generally curious on uh, your opinion, uh, especially since you guys are doppelgangers. So um, no one would know better than you. Uh, oh, yeah. With um, with the Olympic break, and this is, I brought up the schedule. It's totally speculative right now. If they do not go to the Olympics, what are they going to do with a 24 month or 24 day window where there's no mm. NHL games scheduled? Any idea there? I mean, would that mm. be used to make up these postponement games? Like, was is that when they would play in Minnesota? Uh, yeah, we. I, I don't have any intel on this. I I just thought of it looking at the schedule like that You, you can't have a basically a month break in the middle of a pro season but all the arenas are booked so it's not like they can just move it up either
0: yeah it's really interesting i think that the first thing that would be done is the postponements i think that would be managed um the sooner they figure out whether they're going to the olympics or not the better because i don't i would think that you would be able to move around some games that weren't conflicting dates and stuff like that. I think you could maybe take out some back-to-backs and as long as there weren't conflicts with scheduling and arenas being uh, rented out and whatnot, I think you could potentially throw a game a week or maybe if you're lucky, two games a week and just make the, the, the rest of the season a little less daunting. The logistics of that are an absolute nightmare and the closer we get... The closer we get to the actual date, the less likely it is that anything happens. And that's just, to me, it's, you know, I, I don't I don't it, even know what to think it, of it. No,
1: you're totally right. If they're going to make a decision, they need to do it sooner rather than later. Looking at the schedule, it kind of makes me surprised that they didn't release the schedule only up until, you know, the end of January. And basically have, here's our schedule with the Olympics and then without the Olympics. Um, but looking at it now, you're right, it's just it's very weird and it would probably start with makeup games. Um, but the good news for, for Kane fans is, you know March, April are, are loaded with home games. Um, April a little less so, but uh, you know basically five or six Thursdays in a row at PNC arena. Um, it, it's gonna be a great time to watch the team and hopefully at that point, kind of gotten through cold weather season, which, which should abate COVID just a little bit. And the team will be healthy and we'll continue to play at a high level. Um, and hopefully we're building towards something, building towards the playoff run. Um, Agreed. A lot, lot of, even although it seems bleak right now, uh, and it seems like to some people maybe the only positives are the COVID tests. Um That was a terrible pun. Um, so yep. we got a lot going on. It, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's yeah. a really good team. And I, I've been generally uh, very pleased with what they've done this year. Uh, I know after the 9-0 and start and then they hit the, the skids a little bit there, losing, what, 5-6 at one point uh, at the end of last month. Some of that was early on. They they probably won some games they, they didn't deserve to win, and, and good teams do that. And then there's just natural regression. Um, but, yeah, this is a really good team. I, I think we have a – yeah, you know, best shot to win the cup uh, since '06. You know, it's the best team that they they've had, and I, I've been kind of put in my place a little bit for some of my off-season takes about how they couldn't come together this quickly. Um, this is a very good hockey team, and, and led by the the best coach in the league. Uh, any any final thoughts, Mike?
0: Yeah, I think we'll just knock out the the defensive pairings. I think the only thing that would be atypical from the remainder of the season. Uh, with Cole out, if you pull Smith up as a defenseman, I think you have to call up Lejoy. I know Chatfield is on IR, so he won't be available. Um, but you, we we should be back to normal. Other than other than that, for the defense, goalies are healthy, which is which is good news. Knock on wood. Um, yeah, we got a we have an interesting stretch ahead. I think we're gonna learn a lot about some players. Um, so. It's like we, like we talked about on previous episodes. They've done a good job of banking points early in the season, which allows you to hit rough patches like this that aren't going to be ultimately too detrimental to your opportunity to make the playoffs. So that's why those things matter. That's why we're excited they, about this Game team. one
1: counts as much as game 82. People don't like Correct. to think of it that way, but yep. you know, those games in October matter as well. So, uh, That's all good things, brother. And, um, uh, I don't know, I'm excited. I, one final note for me, uh, before I let you send us off. Um, sorry for the, you know, the pause is, uh, you know, obviously pretty sporadic on our end, especially mine. I, I think we might become more accustomed to recording, you know, through this medium I'm, I'm calling in tonight. We're, we're currently in the process of, of getting my house set up so we can record from there uh, stick with us. Uh, a lot of fun stuff to talk about. It's a great hockey team we have to cover. Uh, we enjoy doing this. We're, we're certainly not going away anytime soon. And uh, Mike, thanks for letting me be your guest tonight.
0: Absolutely. It's an honor to have you on. And uh, with that being said, as a shout out to the 10 Hurricanes prospects that have been selected by their country for the World Junior Championships, we wish you a fantastic rest of the week. Hopefully the Canes knock out this three home game slate starting Thursday going through the end of the weekend with uh, some great results. And we'll be really happy to check back in next week and see how things go. And we look forward to uh, chatting with you all. Take care.